Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Welcome back to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam, and I get to serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me this week, I've got um, Eric back. He's back from golfing. <laughs> I, had a, I had an awesome opportunity last week to play at a special course uh, with my friends, the Brussels. So uh, thanks. Uh, I'm thankful to them. And also shout out to Kyle filling in last week on the podcast. Did a real nice job. Yeah, he did. He did. And uh, then Paul, per the usual, is here with us. Yeah, ho-hum. I'm yeah. just back. <laughs> you it's, wish you could have played golf good. last week. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> he does wish he was on the golf course. Uh, well, good to have you guys both back here uh, right now. And, and we're continuing in Galatians uh, right now. So what we did in the last two episodes, if you missed it, was covered Galatians chapter 1. Now we're going to jump into Galatians chapter 2. And again, just for everybody's reference, um, usually we're using the NIV. You can use any version that you want, but that's commonly what we use around here. And um, and we just kind of want to go through sections. It looks like we're going to be going through section uh, verses 1 through 10 today, if I'm not mistaken. Of chapter 2. Of yes. chapter 2. Yep. Right, right. So do we want to go ahead and read that and just kind of get the ball rolling here? Or? Yeah, maybe before we read, we could just do a background, kind of where we've been in the book so far. Yeah. Um, can... I mean, I can get us up to speed a little bit. This is the Apostle Paul mm-hmm. writing to a pretty diverse church in the region of Galatia, uh, modern-day Turkey. He's helping uh, a church that's diverse uh, come together in unity around the gospel, not not religion, not irreligion, but the gospel. Of course, the uh, diverse church was you had Jewish people, you had Gentile people, and their their worldviews were clashing and so mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul had a lot to clear up, and in the first chapter, and even now in these next 10 verses we're going to look at today, he's really going out of his way to um, help them see what type of leader he is, um, and that's yeah. really important. Cool. If there was ever a epistle or book of the Bible that was gospel versus religion, mm. it's this one. Right. This is all about not just... Um, not it's about defining the gospel and maintaining and defending mm. that gospel against all error mm. and and so the apostle paul gets pretty dramatic in that first chapter about talking about people going to hell if they pervert the gospel i mean it, it's it's an emotional letter for him yeah. he is upset yeah, you know, we talked about it Sunday, Paul, uh, that even here here we are in Utah defining the gospel versus religion, and we talked about it on Sunday. We have to fight for the gospel, fight for joy. It's yes. a really a fight mm-hmm. for joy, and I think the Apostle Paul is fighting for joy mm-hmm. in the in the Galatians, um, in, in those people, and so we're going to see that, uh, you know, come out of the pages uh, today. Cool. Right. Well, would you guys mind if I go ahead and read yeah, ahead. Our, our kind of entire section, and then and then we'll go through, and you guys can reference back to if you want. So again, Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with these esteemed as, as, oh, sorry, I messed that up. I went in response to a revelation and meeting privately with these esteemed as leaders. I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. 
I wanted to make sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were make no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been, uh, had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles, and they to the, po- and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. Thanks, Adam, for reading that. Yeah. Um, a lot going on here. Yeah, he's talking about uh, after 14 years. We don't know if it's 14 years after his conversion or 14 years after his first visit to Jerusalem. I don't know that it matters. The fact is, Hmm. is that the Apostle Paul did not just jump into ministry. There was a time of preparation. Uh, He wanted to make sure he got this right. And evidently, he got most of the gospel downloaded to him from God. Mm-hmm. It, it was through the study of the Old Testament scriptures and through direct revelation from God. And now he's going back to the esteemed leaders, Peter, mm-hmm. James, and John, and saying, guys, am I getting this right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't want to mess this up. And the right hand of fellowship is, you are right on the money. You're on the that's, money, That's buddy. the symbol of that, which oh, is so cool. So it's not just the uh, the Apostle Paul getting this download and making it up and saying, God told me. It's it's the people who live face-to-face with Jesus who knew the gospel as well, saying your gospel is the gospel. Mm. So important. And the one thing I like about this is there's always been one gospel. He wanted to make sure he got the gospel correct, and once that gospel is established, now it's just about preserving the gospel. Mm. There's no new revelation. Mm-hmm. This mm. is important for us today that we just maintain preserve, defend, and embrace the gospel. Mm. Yeah, and what, and what we see is that uh, Paul set it out. He set out the gospel, which means he explained it. Maybe, maybe mm. uh, you know, he gave a presentation in front of them. They right. said, all right, here, you know, it's a bit of a, a council. I remember, I remember once uh, I was getting licensed for ministry up in the Northwest, and there was this ordination council, and I had to sit down in front of some very, very smart people and answer their questions, but also explain my theology. And, and uh I imagine the Apostle Paul doing that, but on steroids. I mean, you're sitting there with Peter across from you, and John, and James, and now you're the Apostle Paul, who, by the way, used to kill Christians, okay? I mean, be a part of that, and now he's going to set out the gospel in front of these people. So it's a great uh, example for us. So when it comes to reading the Bible, uh, in week one of this podcast, we talked about some questions to ask, and one question is, is there an example to follow? And I think mm-hmm. it's important that each one of us, everybody listening, can set out the gospel, whether, mm-hmm. that's, whether that's in front of a kid's classroom, in your journal, before yourself, with mm-hmm. your own kids, mm-hmm. uh, on a stage, with youth ministry, wherever, whatever setting you find yourself in, could you set out the gospel? I think that's a challenging question. 
Yeah, yeah. One more thing about Peter, James, and John. They're recognized as pillars, as esteemed leaders, and then Paul is also quick to say, but that really doesn't matter in terms of uh, their association with God. They're just like you and me. They don't have a special standing. The grace of, you know, the well, one way to put that is the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Mm-hmm. The grace applies to them just like it does to us. I just, I like that balance because I think it's important to recognize leadership and submit to leadership, but at the same time, don't do what I experienced in India where because I was a pastor, people flocked to me thinking I had some special connection to God. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw that the way that some leaders functioned in that culture, Christian leaders, mm-hmm. I understood that they perpetrated mm-hmm. this idea that they had a higher standing with God, and that, mm-hmm. that was a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, I still uh, notice that around here sometimes. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there were um, some volunteers, and they were setting up a classroom, and I just went and joined them. And it actually meant a lot to them. They came back and said, when you did that, it meant so much. And I thought to myself, why? I'm just helping you guys as you help the the, the mission too. But because of that notion that pastors or leaders, the people on stages, aren't normal people, and we are. (laughs) Hey, Eric, you said you had uh, kind of a three-point sermon for us today. (laughs) You want to break it down? What what was that point one that you thought would be important? Yeah, so point point number one is to be able to set out the gospel. So so we, we sort of hit that, but when it comes to setting out the gospel, there's a couple things that we see early on in the passage, and then I'll get to the other two points that I have as well, Paul. Um, but the first is, I, I noticed this morning as I was studying this passage, in fact, that um, Paul had people alongside him to encourage him, Barnabas and Titus. Yeah, Barnabas and Titus. Now, uh, interesting note, little little Bible quiz. In fact, I learned this in an SMCCU leadership meeting a couple weeks ago, um, but Barnabas, his, his story is documented in the book of Acts as well. So in the book of Acts... Uh, chapter 4, book of Acts, chapter 4, verse verse 36, we see an interesting thing about this guy, Barnabas, who wasn't always called Barnabas. That was his nickname. That was his ministry name. Adam, I'm going to give you a ministry name pretty soon. You should give me one, yeah. <laughs> okay. But here we go. Look at this, Acts 4, 36. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which mm. means son of encouragement, Bar. Nubbus. I guess that's encouragement. That's a, co- that's a cool name. Son of encouragement. Maybe we call mm-hmm. you that. Son of encouragement. I'll call you Barney. I'll take it. Barney. <laughs> he sold a field. Look what he did, though. This is how encouraging he was. He sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. Hey, what I own, I want this to be used for ministry now. Mm. And how encouraging is that? So, you know, Paul, as it comes to setting out the gospel, as it comes to living the gospel, we need encouraging people around us. Boy, um, do we ever. Man. I'm thinking about a, uh, Hebrews 3.13. It says, encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. And then whoever wrote the book of Hebrews added this. We need to do this because of the deceitfulness of sin. Mm. I think I need encouragement every day. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. everybody else does, yeah. because yeah. sin lies to us, mm. and yeah. we need the encouragement to grab onto the gospel. And I've said this, and quoting Mr. Keller, preach the gospel to ourselves every mm. day because mm-hmm. of the deceitfulness of sin. And when we just take that one step further, preach it to myself, then encourage other people mm-hmm. to, mm. to hold on and live out the gospel. You know, my small group starts up tonight uh, at our home. Paul, we're going through your Living FDFD material, yeah. which, by the way, shout out, pick it up, go to the website. You can go to the website, smccutah.org slash livingfdfd, and join in that way. Um, but 
small group is a place to encourage one another. Right. And so mm-hmm. there's some Barnabases and some Tituses uh, in our in our group tonight. You know, it kind of goes on. It's something I really kind of pumped into my kids, and they're sick of it now. But I said, when you walk into a room, don't say, here I am, in your own mind. Mm-hmm. But when you walk into the room, say, there you are. Mm-hmm. And right, it's right. this this idea of, of emotional intelligence that you have something to offer people. Who can you encourage? That should be your number one thought mm-hmm. when you walk into the room. And man, if everybody walked into Bible study with that idea, that mm-hmm. would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Man. And so I'm thinking about that first point, Eric, that you're pulling from this, and I'm, and I'm trying to think through this. Um, you probably experienced this too in, in your time, but um, just people who are who are new to to knowing Jesus, um, sometimes they're just intimidated by trying to share their faith, and they just say, "I don't know enough," or like, yeah. "Man, if somebody like catches me off guard and like asks me about, it, I don't know what to say." I mean, what are mm-hmm. what are next steps for somebody in that who just is you know, just really feeling like self-conscious about, yeah. you know, what do, what do I say? How am I supposed to, what if I say the wrong thing? You know, what's their yeah. next step? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, first of all, take 14 years. That's what the Apostle Paul did. Um, <laughs> so, but but seriously, be patient with yourself. It's, it's okay to ask questions. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't have to, uh, you know, have the gospel. I mean, something that you can articulate in, you know, three weeks of following Jesus or coming to South Mountain. I mean, mm-hmm. that it's okay to take time. And, you know, we live in a microwave culture but the Apostle Paul spent 14 years growing in his character and his ability to preach mm-hmm. the gospel. So first of all, be patient with yourself. But second of all, um, one of the best resources I, that we use at SMCC is just a small book called What is the Gospel? Mm. And in that book, there's really five, sort of five parts to the gospel. And, and I think that uh, if someone can sort of internalize slash memorize these five things... Um, in, in their own language, in fact. I mean, not to say it just like this, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that would really help them get it. So those right. five parts, God created. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important. Um, because He created, He has commander rights over us. Mm. You know, He can command because He created. The inventor of something can say what that something's for. The thing that caused the thing to come into existence can say, this is what that thing exists for. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. God created, God commanded. Um, that's the first two parts of the gospel. Then yep. man, man re- rebelled. Man rebelled. So uh, we failed to trust him, his good commands. Um, Adam and Eve specifically, and then we inherited their sin. That We all struggle with God being our authority. Yep. Mm. The next part is uh, God rescues, mm-hmm. right? So Jesus uh, steps in to our world uh, as our substitute, and then we get to respond. That's the fourth part. So Mm. God created, God commanded. Those are two C's, Mm -hmm. and the next one are three R's. So two C's, three R's. Man rebelled, Mm -hmm. God rescues, man responds. Cool. Right? Mm -hmm. And and with this, Eric, you know, a question that maybe a listener might have is, I mean, is it okay if, you know, maybe they're still learning this and trying to figure out, I mean, do you have to be perfect in your explanation of the gospel or is it you know somewhere you can say like i'm 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 trying to talk to my friends about i don't maybe i don't have it all correct you know perfectly mm-hmm. you know tied down i mean what do you say to somebody like that yeah in every in every conversation it happens to me where i don't have an answer off mm-hmm. the top of my head rather than make something up say man that's a great question uh, is it okay if i get back to you on that i'm sure. just not sure that type of vulnerability paves the way to future conversation mm-hmm. versus a weird, lame, or wrong answer that shuts down the conversation. Sure. So it's okay to get the spiritual conversation started and come back to it and pick it up later. I'm mean, Sometimes I, I like to mountain bike, I like to play golf. I, I can think of times with friends that um, the conversation has lasted months. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. hey, last time we were together, you mentioned this. Can, can right. we go back to that? And um, 
that's the best way to go about it. I, I saw somebody the other day. Um, they were down down in uh, Provo, and they were passing out Bible tracts. And uh, and I kind of knew this person, so I went up to them. hadn't seen them in a while, and I said, hey, what, what are you up to down here? And oh, we're passing out you know, gospel tracts. And um, uh, that's not my approach to evangelism. That's not my strategy. Um, and, uh, and I thought, are you having a lot of conversations? He said, no, nah, there's a lot, of, a lot of hard-hearted people down here. And I thought, hmm. Is it that, or is it your approach is shutting down conversations? So I got in my cars with my son, Jack. We were eating pizza down in Provo, and um, I watched. There weren't a lot of conversations. In fact, I didn't see one conversation mm. happen. And I thought to myself, ah, that's unfortunate, because mm. um, spiritual conversations are better than one-way you know, track-handing yeah. or a lecture on the gospel. So if you're uncomfortable on ex- with explaining the gospel, you're actually in a pretty decent spot to have a conversation yeah. and keep growing yourself. I, I, I think if there's an error today that's most common in regards to the gospel, it is the failure to talk about the bad news before the good news. Yeah, Because good. there's no context for the good news unless mm. you explain what went wrong mm. and why yeah. every single per- person needs the gospel. Sure. So that, I think that's important. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, and, so... Oh, sorry, Adam. Do you, I was, keep going? I, you know, I just want to put a bow on this because I think it leads into it well. So I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to think through somebody who might be listening. And yeah, and they're saying, okay, I want, I want to get better at this. I want to know how to share the gospel with people. And full circle, shameless plug back to our church, you know, we have this value of invest and invite. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's a great way to say, hey, maybe I'm, I'm not always, I don't always know the answers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be going to church and learning. And when I meet somebody and I can take that opportunity to say, hey, there's a great environment where things are explained in a hopeful and helpful way. Yeah. And, and so I, I totally agree. And one of the one of the secret strategies, it's not a secret strategy because I'm about to share it, but <laughs> one of the strategies at SMCC is the way we talk about the gospel from the stage we think is a helpful way for you to talk about the gospel mm. uh, in your own life. Got Does right. that make sense? So yeah. because we're talking to non-Christians often in our messages, we want to model how to have those types of spiritual conversations. So if mm-hmm. you ever come to SMCC and it's eight minutes into the sermon and we haven't opened up the Bible yet, it's because we're asking questions to get the person we're talking to thinking with us. And so those questions often can be questions anybody uses in conversation with their friends. And so we're modeling an approach to talking about the gospel every, sun, every Sunday. All, All right, right, Paul said I had three-point sermon. Here's point number two, okay? It's a quick, it's a question, but we'll see the question in the text. The question mm-hmm. is, where can you stand up to religion in your life? And what we see in, in Galatians 2, we, in verse 5, we did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Whoa, okay. If the Apostle Paul had given in to them, and the them are these Judaizers who are saying it's Jesus plus religion, mm-hmm. if you want to be saved, if Paul had given in to them, if, if James had given in to them, we might be Jewish today. Like, we, mm-hmm. we, might, we might be a part of that, um, that, that heritage, so to speak. But the Apostle Paul didn't give in to them so that the gospel could be preserved for for you, for, for the people who would trust it. And so it got me thinking, um, where in my life do I need to stand up to religion? That's a good question. These guys are, are called false believers who infiltrated the ranks. To spy on them. <laughs> to spy on them and to rob them of freedom. Eric, you have a good definition of freedom. Yeah, yeah. I think we often think of freedom as, the, as absence from um, uh, responsibility. Yeah, freedom whatever. from chores, freedom mm-hmm. from accountability, freedom mm-hmm. from challenges in my life. But gospel freedom is freedom too. I'm mm-hmm. free to obey God. I'm free to glorify God. I'm mm-hmm. free 
I'm free to follow him and not be enslaved to my sin. So that's a good definition. And I, and I wanted to bring that out because any uh, false teaching ultimately leads to bondage. And this mm. is the really the theme of this epistle. It's all about freedom, and it's about rejecting those things that will put us back into bondage. Mm. And the reason why people were in bondage in following the law was not because the law was bad, but it was because they thought it was a means to earn their own salvation. Mm. And that's bondage. And sometimes, you know, that's, this is why it's so profound to say, there, once you're a believer, there's nothing you can do to get God to love you more, and nothing you can do to get, cause Him to love you less. That just kills religion, because there's mm. always something more you should be doing in order to gain God's favor. Mm-hmm. That's religion, mm. and that puts you in bondage. It's like the unpleasable father. Yeah. It's like the coach who you can never do enough to, to earn his, you know, earn playing time or mm-hmm. earn his his respect or love. It's just an awful way to live mm. life. Mm. When that coach or parent gets in your head, or when that type of God gets in your head, man, that is a weird uh, headspace. You're just constantly stressed, anxious, mm-hmm. and in, when that happens with religion. Um, there's this word, and I always mispronounce it, but people in Utah talk about it often. It's called religious scrupulosity, which is where you're so OCD about religious rules, your your whole life is just micromanaged by a God that's unpleasable. And that mm. that is being robbed of freedom. Yeah, that's bondage. We don't want that for anybody. Now, Paul, I, this passage is interesting. They, they infiltrated the ranks, so you have these people around Paul and the team who are really just there to spy on their freedom. I don't know what that spying looked like. Um, when I was in seminary, this gets a little bit PG-13. When mm-hmm. I was in seminary, though, I had a professor who said this. I don't know if he's right, but the context here is circumcision. And and so he would say, he, he said, perhaps that they're down at the public bathhouse <laughs> spying, quite literally, it said PG-13. Has this guy been circumcised? <laughs> yeah, yeah right. spying out the freedom. Look, he's, he's breaking the law. He's not uh, in. And no. I thought to myself... I don't know if that's the case, but it's weird language from the Apostle uh-huh. Paul, spy on our freedom. Like, how would you quite literally do that when the context is circumcision? Well, uh, in the first century, they're down at the bathhouse, and yeah. um, maybe they're actually spying them out. Yeah. All right, well, PG-13, <laughs> moment over. They mentioned it a lot, so we had to bring it up at some point. Yeah, so. exactly. Now, um, you know, before we move on from this point and get to the third one and the final one of this podcast episode, um, uh, it reminded me... Uh, when I was thinking about, okay, where do I stand up to religion? What do I need to? I was also reminded to think, but Eric, where are you tempted to fall back into religion? And uh, I didn't grow up in um, religion. I grew up in an irreligious home, by and large. But I think there's still a temptation sometimes for people to fall into a religious approach um, to earning something from God. And uh, I think that's just always a question to keep in our minds. You know, if we're going to be tempted to slip back into it, like the Judaizers were, like these people who crept into the church in Galatia, where might that happen? And um, I don't know, guys, I don't want to put you on the spot and out you in front of the podcast audience, but uh, Adam, anything on your mind about, hey, here's where I'm tempted to slip back into an earning mentality with with God? I know you grew Hmm. up in a religious environment. Yeah, I I did, you know, to a certain extent. Um, There are parts of Christianity that can, you know, kind of fall into that. that line of thinking. Um, I think for me, it's just trying to do things. Here's, here's the mindset I want to have. And this, all you know, this ties back to your book, Paul. Um, I just thought this was really good stuff. I'm just making a generalization, but 
that freedom to do things because I, I get to, mm-hmm. um, rather than doing it so that I can make an excuse for myself of, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing, um, you know, I'm reading my Bible, not because I, I'm doing it, um, to, to, to pursue Jesus and, you know, ultimately find, find joy in him, but more just like, I just need to check that box so that I keep mm. myself mm. out of the doghouse. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you oh, know, that's yeah, such a yep. simple, small thing, but it's, it's really for me, I think more of a mindset rather than something very specific, mm. but remind myself, like I get to do these things mm. and ultimately I get to be known by my creator and I get to find purpose and join him rather than just saying, I need to do X, Y, Z. And I should do it because if I don't, like I'm kind of, you know, quote slipping, I'm not, Mm. you know, you know, right. So it's just a different frame of mindset. That's good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Whenever I get half get to and have to mixed up, uh, that would be religion creeping back in. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that idea about it. Oh, the doghouse. I mean, I'm in a doghouse with God. I've got to somehow make it up yep. to him. Yeah, right, right, right. I didn't read my Bible for three days, so I'm going to read three times longer today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or, you know, I've, I've just, you know, I've said this before, I think, on podcasts a long time ago, but I think that this is worth bringing up because it's an important part of um, just that journey that my wife and I have had. But, you know, I think we moved out of this mentality where I think we used to uh, manage our finances in such a way where it was a it was a box we had to check. Mm. Now it, it really is purely a joy to to give and to fund the mission of the mm. church. It is no longer this thing where I was, you know, like you kind of go through stages where maybe it's a discipline, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I need the discipline of going to the gym right now. Uh, but no, <laughs> I mean, it is truly like it is an absolute joy to do what we get to do with our finances and to, to be generous with what God has given us. So that's been another shift, you know, as well. I'm doing it because I need to check that box. Yep. That's still kind of a religious thing. You know, for me, I think the temptation to slip back into religion is to um, just go through the motions, probably, sort of a performance approach to professional Christianity. I think I've talked about it on the mm-hmm. podcast, too, but mm-hmm. but when you're a pastor, you know, there's this kind of joke out there that you're a professional Christian, you know? Right, right, right. Which means it's really easy to just go through the motions and think that because you're going through the motions, you're spiritually healthy and, and growing. Like, sure. Right. Oh, you get paid to read the Bible. <laughs> well, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't. But yeah, during my work days, I'm studying the Bible. That's that's interesting. And mm-hmm. so the reality is, is that it's pre- kind of easy to divide your spiritual health into a job, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that mm-hmm. um, that's where I find myself tempted to slip back into religion because, of course, religion is very much performance-oriented, yeah. and that's a problem, yeah, yeah. which is why I love getting on a podcast and telling everybody how I'm tempted to slip into religion. Yeah, that helps yeah. me stay yeah. accountable and vulnerable and honest. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it looks like uh, they practice the strategy of divide and conquer here. And yeah. uh, basically, Peter was uncomfortable uh, trying to navigate those waters of Gentile uh, evangelism. Mm-hmm. And the Apostle Paul was like, no, I'm all over that. I'm gifted for this. Yep. In fact, he was a Roman citizen. Mm-hmm. And so it was a world that was familiar to him. He mixed with Gentiles a lot. And so Peter didn't. Mm-hmm. That was not his world at all. He was isolated up there in Galilee, fishing. Everybody he knew was a Jew. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is important that we recognize you know what? There's a group of people that perhaps God has specifically wired you to reach. I mean, you can reach anybody, but yeah, there is a group you're 
actually going to be most effective with. And it looks like that's the Apostle Paul for the Gentiles. Exactly. Paul, that, that was my third point. I mean, we just see it broken out so clearly. He says, for God, this is in, uh, this is in verse 8, for God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. So the Apostle Paul is very clear about who he's best equipped to reach. Now, there was a, there was a leader now who was ready to go to a certain group of people. And um, the question that you posed, mm-hmm. Paul, is um, who are you specifically equipped to reach, yeah. and I thought we would just wrap up with that. Yeah, you know, it was interesting. My wife and I talked about this a lot of times when we were still living in Bakersfield. We, of course, just hosted many home Bible studies. It was amazing how many people signed up for a Bible study at our house that had a heavily religious background. In fact, so, so many that had some kind of cult affiliation in their past. Mm-hmm. And so when we were starting to contemplate Utah, we thought, you know what? We have been prepared for this for a long time. We know that world from the from the stories of the people that have been in our living room. Mm-hmm. And and I think God gave us a special ability to navigate those waters, mm-hmm. uh, whatever those abilities might be. Maybe it it's patience or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to get out there and, you know, get your feet wet. Mm-hmm. And that's the mm-hmm. best way to find out if you're wired for something. Totally. That's that's great. I think, yeah. of, uh, think of my own journey, you know, grew up... Uh, just as a like kind of upper middle class suburbia kid, you know, bored and mm-hmm. interested in music and sports and activities and um, you know, and now here we are in Utah with people who are in their mid thirties. They just love the outdoors. They love their hobbies. They love mm-hmm. to play. Yeah, and play. I'm using that kind of as a overarching kind of way of describing the hobby fueled life. Um, play can be a, a barrier to the gospel. It you know? can be, and um, and I think. I uh, am uniquely equipped to uh, connect with people who like to have fun, who like sports, who are just kind of normal people going going through life. And um, right. and so that's kind of uh, an important way to think about it. If you're listening and, and you grew up in Utah, perhaps you're best equipped to reach people who are still in Utah, so maybe don't leave Utah just yet. <laughs> and, I, and I think this might be an important thing for us as in leadership of SMCC. Our, our most effective use of time and energy is going to be Utah. You know, we, mm-hmm. we've in some sense limited our scope of ministry so that we could be more effective. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying to build our brand and be a national or international you know, right. ministry or something like this, we have been content and I think now focused, not just content, but focused on what we do best. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like mm-hmm. that. If God decides to use it beyond that, that's his job, mm-hmm. not our job. But we are all about Utah. Right. We, uh, we're going to talk about, yeah, Dreaming Big for Utah in one of our staff meetings today. I, I think one thing that's just kind of true in the world of ministry, I think I heard this from you, Paul, but it, it just exists everywhere, is that uh, your church often reflects, the people in the church often reflect the person on the stage at the church, mm-hmm. right? So the Lehigh campus, a lot of young families in their late 20s, early 30s, that's how old I was when I launched that campus. Mm-hmm. If you come to Draper, you'll see a lot of people Paul's age. I mean, there's a lot of young people here yeah. too, but but by and large, those people have grown with you because right. they were like you when you started. And so you, we're often just equipped to reach the people we are. And so it's just mm-hmm. a great question. Okay, the Apostle Paul was equipped... For Gentiles, Peter was equipped for 
for uh, Jewish people, um, who am I? Who am I equipped for? It's just a great way to begin to think about the people in your life, the environments that you're in, the, the circles that you run with, and think, okay, not in a weird way, not in a pass out Bible tracks to all my closest friends and neighbors way, but just to think, okay, what are their... What are their questions? Mm. Uh, because those questions are often your questions. Yep. And that's what can build relationships. Right, right. Excellent. Well, guys, we're about at our time for this podcast. And I uh, want to make sure our listeners, you know, got through that material, but also stick to stick to a, a bit of a time frame there. But um, so glad that you guys uh, were able to come through. And we had some great discussion today. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm looking forward to continuing this week by week, going through Galatians and um, allowing uh, people to join us along in this journey. Sounds great. We'll see you guys next week, and we'll keep pressing on in Galatians chapter 2. Excellent. Thanks, Paul, Eric. Listeners, we'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted Podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.